Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the second part of Dame Grumble and her curious apple tree. In this part, Dame Grumble is back at the cottage with her son, and things are as gloomy as before. She has read that if she can cover her apple tree with a strong, coarse netting, it might be protected from the north wind and be able to give her the golden apples she wants. Dame Grumble spends all winter making the netting while Freyo dreams of going back to the forest. But before we continue with our story, let's take a moment to relax. We can practice our deep breathing anytime or anywhere. But before bed, let's first turn down the lights, get comfortable, and make sure that everything feels as it should. Now, close your eyes if you'd like, and we'll begin with a few slow, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. When you breathe in, be sure to slowly breathe through your nose. And when you breathe out, try to push all the air out of your lungs. Breathe in. And breathe out. Notice how you feel when you take these deep breaths. How you get more and more relaxed with each breath. How the weight of your body sinks into your bed. Breathe in. And breathe out. Throughout this time of relaxation and our story, thoughts of the day or the day to come may enter your mind. That's okay and normal. When they come, just try to return your attention to your breathing, to the story and music. Breathe in. And breathe out. Perfect. Let's continue with part two of Dame Grumble and her curious apple tree. During the winter that followed, Dame Grumble gave her son a dreadful life. He could no longer talk to his good friend, the apple tree, for she was sleeping her deep winter sleep and would not wake up until the spring. So while the snow whirled high without and piled itself in drifts at the door and chimney, Rayo sat patiently carving his great oaken chests and benches. When he carved fields of wheat with wild fowl flying over, the poor boy dreamed that he himself was there once more, 
when he carved forest scenes, he lived again the memories of his happy summer. If Dame Grumble spoke to her son, it was only to call him naughty and ungrateful. She often said she would forgive him if he would just give her the crutches to burn. But Freyo had a plan in mind. With the first sign of spring, he planned to leave and find his own way in the world. And he could never do without his precious crutches. The poor boy had no desire to spend another winter with this angry woman. Now, as was her usual habit, Dame Grumble spent much time in planning how to keep the blossoms of the apple tree. It happened that on her journey she had found a book which told about orchard trees and how to care for them. So in this book, Dame Grumble now began to study diligently. She found a picture of an apple tree covered with strong, coarse netting. This strong, coarse netting, the book said, would protect the fruit and blossoms from all harm. So Dame Grumble sat down before her wheel and spun endless miles of heavy thread. From this, she next wove yards upon yards of strong, coarse netting. Frequently, Freyo begged his mother to stop this useless job. The north wind would soon tear the whole thing into shreds, he said. You may be sure Dame Grumble always had a sharp reply for him. If I had a son who was a comfort and a blessing, I have no doubt that he would have long ago found a way to save my precious blossoms from the north wind, she would say. I dare say, too, that I would have had a harvest of golden apples long ago. Even now, I might be living in some beautiful mansion with others to do my bidding and a different carriage for every day of the week. So the winter dragged on wearily. At last, the snow began to melt and the sunbeams started to make bright spots on the kitchen floor. The hedges here and there showed patches of green leaves. The birds returned from the Southland where they had gone for the winter. Forget-me-nots and brown bells blossomed around the apple tree, and the green grass for miles around was thick with yellow buttercups. It was then the apple tree woke up from her winter's sleep and decked herself in clouds of fragrant pinky-white blossoms. Then it was that Dame Grumble went out of her cottage with yards upon yards of strong, coarse netting, with which she covered her favorite tree. Seeing the bare places that marked the two missing branches, she cried out again that she was a sad, sorrowful woman and had too many cares. While Dame Grumble was busy, Freyo unlocked the cupboard where he had hidden his precious crutches. But oh no, 
the wood of the apple tree was not suitable for such use, and the crutches fell to pieces when he touched them. Freyo tried to mend them here and join them there, but it was no use. They broke again in other places. Now when Dame Grumble learned this, she said it was a punishment for Freyo's disobedience. However, she took no more interest in the crutches. She did not bother to burn them, and there they lay in the cupboard for a long time. You will listen to your mother next time, I guess, she would often say, and point to the useless broken crutches. Now that spring had come, it was not long before Dame Grumble's old enemy, the North Wind, came also. Shouting and hallowing, he blew over the fields and forests one sunshiny day. And when he reached the apple tree, he stopped still in amazement. Ha 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 ha, laughed the North Wind. Who has so cleverly covered the apple tree? I have, shouted Dame Grumble from within her cottage, where she had run to hide. Now you had best be off, or you can never undo this strong, coarse netting I have woven. It is tied in a thousand tight knots. Ah, is it indeed, Dame Grumble? asked the North Wind with mock politeness. Will you kindly have patience for a little until I try my skill? And with that he blew a blast that unloosened all the yards upon yards of strong, coarse netting and bore them off like puffs of thistledown. Dame Grumble's heart sank. But strange to say, the north wind did not blow away the blossoms of the apple tree. Instead, he lingered about the cottage until night fell and played all manner of tricks to bring Dame Grumble running out. He blew soot down the chimney and blackened the clean, scrubbed kitchen floor. He put out her candle when she had lit it for evening and whisked her clothes from the hedges into the fields and far away. Not one word of anger or scolding would Dame Grumble utter, even so. If the north wind would spare the blossoms of the apple tree, nothing else mattered. At last, the north wind grew weary of his teasing and left. Just you wait, Dame Grumble, he called in farewell. Someday I will catch you unaware, and I will carry you off to that desert island that waits to welcome you as Queen of Grumblers. Then he blew on his way. Dame Grumble waited, afraid that perhaps he would return, but the north wind returned no more that spring. The blossoms on the apple tree began to wither, and soon tiny fruit began to form on its branches. It seemed at last as though Dame Grumble would gather the harvest of golden apples for which she had longed. But even so, this angry, fault-finding dame was not happy. Alas, she often mourned, if I had had this strong, coarse netting years ago, 
I would have had many a golden harvest long before this. Without doubt, this covering has a charm above the power of the north wind. If I had a son to help me, I think he would have thought about it long ago. But mother, I cannot help it that I am unable to walk and cannot help you, sighed Freyo. But you can help it when you are naughty and don't listen, and that you were when you cut the two fat branches of the apple tree. For now, though, I will gather golden apples. There will not be nearly so many because of what you did. So the springtime passed and the summertime came. Day by day, the fruit on the apple tree grew larger. And day by day, Dame Grumble took pencil and paper to count the number of apples that hung upon each branch. She tried each day to figure out just how many more she would have had but for the branches Freyo had cut off. And every day she grew angry again. Dame Grumble would not permit Freyo to go near the apple tree. She thought he might take a notion to cut down the whole tree for all she knew. The summer grew older, the meadows turned brown, and the fields grew bare. Dame Grumble watched eagerly for a sign which would show that the apples were turning to gold, but she saw no sign. The apples turned bright red instead. The summer began to wane and a sharp chill in the air warned Dame Grumble that winter was not far away. The maples on the hillsides flamed crimson and scarlet once again, and yellow leaves fell from the poplar trees like rain. Now can it be that you are going to disappoint me? exclaimed Dame Grumble to the apple tree. Why don't your apples turn to gold? How you talk, Dame Grumble, replied the apple tree. You will be disappointed no matter what happens. If I had given you a thousand golden apples, you would never stop complaining that you might have had a hundred more had Freyo not cut off my two branches. Then you would make the poor boy's life more miserable than ever. You do not deserve golden apples, and I will not give you golden apples. So you had better make haste and gather these red apples of mine before the frost gets them. But this Dame Grumble would not do. She was positive that the red apples would turn to gold in spite of the apple tree. For if young and tender blossoms yielded bright new shining pennies, did it not make sense that the ripened fruit would be of purest gold? Dame Grumble believed so. The apple tree does not love me and never did, she thought to herself. It is but a plan to make me angry. Soon the leaves fell from the apple tree itself until its branches were quite bare and brown. The apples shone tantalizingly red. And then Dame Grumble realized at last that they would never change to golden as she hoped. Now this new disappointment, you may be sure, did not make her very happy. All day, 
she sat gazing mournfully at her favorite tree and wept bitter tears at her new loss. Oh, mother, please do not cry so, begged Freyo. You will make yourself ill. My store of wood is gone, but if you would bring me two fat branches from the forest, I can make another pair of crutches for myself. Then I will set off to make a fortune to take the place of this fortune you believe you have lost. Believe I have lost? repeated Dame Grumble scornfully. The fortune I believe I have lost? I do not believe I have lost a fortune. I know full well I have lost a fortune. Besides, who would give half a dollar for your clumsy chests and boxes? So all day long, Dame Grumble dwelt on her woes. At night, she sat sighing in the chimney corner until the little cottage quite close to the top of the earth was as dull and gloomy as though a thousand crows had suddenly settled upon it. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.